This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. This insert sponsored by Mana Health Products, the only 100% natural organic supplement for blood sugar control. Here she is, the lady of the moment. It's Wendy Christine, health coach and wellness practitioner at Integrated Health Solution. Hello, Wendy. Morning, Brad. You well? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm okay. How did you sleep? Not too bad, actually. One of those lucky nights. Good. Yes, I had a, I had a mosquito around my head at 3 a.m. this morning. And the worst part is that's an hour before I have to get up. So you're thinking, am I actually, actually going to fall asleep now and get in this extra hour? Or am I just going to lie here from 3 just waiting for the alarm to sound? It was one of those mornings. And people are listening now saying, why on earth are they talking about this stuff? Well, because tomorrow is International Sleep Day. And uh, because sleep is so important... It's not something, Wendy, that some people should do and others, well, if you don't feel like sleeping, don't worry. It's okay. It's not for everyone. (laughs) No, it's definitely something that everybody should be doing. And it's one of the most important things that we can do for our bodies every day. So what happens in, in our bodies while we're sleeping? So our bodies repair themselves while we sleep. And our brain clears out um, beta amyloid protein plaques, um, which is quite important because those are the plaques that tend to build up um, in people with Alzheimer's and dementia. So we want to make sure that our brains can sleep so that they can clear out these these extra concentrations and obviously repair itself. Yeah, and so it's not, uh, if we want all of these, I mean, clearing these beta amyloid protein plaques, I mean, goodness gracious, that sounds important. So if I'm not going to sleep enough, I'm not going to be seeing my body flourishing and going through all the necessary uh, systems and processes it needs to go through for, for general health and well-being. So if I'm going to cut down on the sleep for whatever my reason might be, I'm doing myself a huge injustice. Yes, we absolutely are doing ourselves an injustice when we choose not to sleep. Some people struggle to sleep, you know, so that's a different story, but mm. you, know, you, you also need to get to the bottom of that. But choosing on a regular basis not to sleep or, you know, to cut your sleep down like working too late or too hard or whatever it's really not a good idea in the long term. Yeah, and it's, it should be part of, of general good health. We should take it seriously like we do eating well and moving our bodies. It, right? It's, it should be part of a healthy lifestyle. Yes, it absolutely should, yes. So what happens over the long term if we're just going to decide, I don't want, I'm, I'm too busy, uh, you know, I'm running my own business, for example, or you know, I get stuff done or I like TV, whatever our reasons are for not sleeping. You know, that's, we, we've got to call time on that and, and, and get back to t- considering it important. Well, it will have long-term effects on our health. So one of the biggest things that um, sleep deprivation causes is blood sugar imbalances. So people oh. are more likely to have diabetes and more likely to struggle with obesity. Um, just your, your regulation issues. And then obviously mm. mental health issues. So... Um, you, if your body can't regenerate and you're not getting enough sleep, not only are you at higher risk for Alzheimer's and dementia, but also for depression and for anxiety and for those kind of things because the body really, really does need sleep to be able to rest enough to be able to support your nervous system and all the other systems in the body. Well, Wendy's going to help us out with uh, five ways to ensure better quality sleep. So let's get going with those five, Wendy. What's the first one? Okay, so the first one is to create a sleep schedule and stick to it. Hmm. So it's so important for us to have a regular bedtime and a regular wake-up time as well. To go to bed at the same time, you know, our bodies work in cycles and we have a clock, an inner clock. And when we try and mess with that or if we don't have a regular bedtime, it really does disrupt 
how your body is able to fall asleep later on. Um, and the average adult is needing anywhere between six and eight hours. So some people need a little bit less, some people need a little bit more, but we definitely can't get away with less than six hours of sleep daily. That makes sense. And of course, we can't just uh, just go to bed and, and hope we're going to fall asleep. We sort of need to prime ourselves for falling asleep easily and having a good night's rest, don't we, Wendy? Yes, we do. So we should have a pre-sleep routine where we wind down with a lighter dimmer, um, where, we, where we're not overstimulating ourselves in any way. And also it's important to try and only go to bed when you are tired. Um, because if you get into bed, you think, okay, I'm going to have an early night, and then you toss and turn, mm. that's not helping your sleep, um, your sleep quality either. So get yourself into bed at a time where you know within 15 to 20 minutes you're going to be able to fall asleep relatively easily. I think in 15 to 20 minutes right now, I could fall asleep quite easily. Um, <laughs> and, and that's exactly what Wendy's saying is I realize I've had two nights where I haven't got quite the same number of hours of sleep as I usually have. And then you start actually worrying and wondering, I need to get to bed early. We almost start to base our entire day around just trying to get to bed earlier. If we just slept right, we could focus on things that are really important as opposed to trying to focus on when am I going to go back to sleep. That's right. And the problem with that is also we develop a sleep anxiety. So then when you do go to bed, you can't fall asleep. <laughs> now you're feeling anxious because you know you need for sleep. So it creates a bit of a vicious cycle. So we really need to be able to calm our minds and have a, mm. have a healthy outlook on sleep. Yeah, it's got to be a good routine. Our success is always going to be in our routines. And avoid naps, you say, Wendy. What about those that rely on a bit of footy winks in the afternoon? Well, you know, um, a nap can be very appealing, um, and many people enjoy a nap, but it can interfere with your ability to sleep uh, in the uh, night. Mm. So it can disrupt the depth of the sleep that you go to uh, into at night, and then it creates, again, it's one of those vicious cycle things. So now you haven't slept enough in the night, so you need to nap in the daytime. Um, if you have to nap, take a short nap, so not more than 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But also investigate, there could be some underlying issue that's causing you to need to nap in the afternoon. Oh. Um, another way, and, and I think people would ca can agree with this, you know, if you exercise well and you know you've put in a good session at the gym or you've got your run or your walk in or whatever, you've been intentional about exercise that day, you find that you sleep not only better, Wendy, but you also sleep, it feels like you've got to go into a deeper sleep because you've got that exercise in in the day. Yes, so exercise is very important. Um, it obviously releases endorphins when we exercise, so um, we have that that good feeling of euphoria, and it helps us to be energized for the day. And then, when we have had a good day and we've we've exercised ourselves mentally and physically, we do have a much better quality of sleep. Mm. Uh, I have a friend who lives in Canada, Wendy, um, and she was uh, she was heavily obese, and uh, she really struggled to sleep uh, simply because she stopped breathing. Um, and had to sleep yes. with oxygen, and uh, it was such a huge issue for her. And she she really actively over the last well five years or so gone about shedding, oh literally uh, must be close to a hundred kilos. Just changed her life around. And and funny when you uh -huh. do shed that excess weight, and I just from knowing her personally and know how much she struggled with sleep apnea, being able to have shed that weight, it's just been life changing and life altering for her. And I think there's a lot of people, particularly men that I know of, that really struggle that night just with breathing well. I mean, that's a whole few hours of not getting quality oxygen into your body. That's right. So many people are even unaware that they have sleep apnea. So it is recommended that if you, if you snore, 
Um, you know, and if your wife is waking you up, you know, and thinking you're, you're, you're not breathing in the night, you probably are not breathing. Um, and it would be advisable to go for a sleep study. But if we are overweight, it puts a lot of pressure on the airways and, and then it's more difficult to breathe at night. So if you're not breathing, if you're holding your breath, you're not getting oxygen to your brain, but you're also not getting restorative sleep. So that disrupts your sleep cycle. So you wake up, you feel exhausted, you're sleepy during the day, mm. and you know, you're know you one of those people that falls asleep the minute you, you stop doing anything. Um, and, and that can be very dangerous to your health. Um, it obviously makes the... You know, it's, again, it's another one of those vicious cycles. So mm. you, you, you struggle then to lose the weight, you struggle to sleep, and then you have these problems breathing or, or, or getting oxygen to your brain at night. So it's very, very important to make sure that you are at a healthy weight, exercise enough to lose that weight, make sure you're eating um, a, a healthy diet, and, um, and then that should help for the sleep apnea. And if you are struggling, have that sleep study so that you can use a sleep apnea machine mm. so that it can at least increase the quality of your sleep. Yeah, that's really good advice. We're moving swiftly through our top five list to better sleep. Um, <laughs> stress, a big one that can rob us of our sleep. Yes. Um, stress is, is very bad for the body. And obviously, if we're releasing lots of stress hormones, your body can't calm down enough to fall asleep mm. at night. So it keeps us restless. It keeps us waking up throughout the night. And we don't go into that restorative deep level of sleep. Um, and then uh, the food, there's a food we eat that could uh, disrupt or improve our sleep? It definitely can. So eating a very large meal before bedtime can be problematic because if we go to bed full, our body is still digesting its food and that takes energy. So mm. that can prevent us from sleeping well. And also being hungry before you go to bed can disrupt your blood sugar levels. So that can cause you to have sleep disturbances. So that takes us right back to having a routine, Wendy, to make sure you're eating at the right times and avoiding certain things that you're eating and drinking, as you've just said, and get the movement in and get the sleep in at the right times. I mean, that's really the key to, to good living is just a sound routine. Yes. So I think a routine is so important, and many of us rebel against a routine. We don't <laughs> like routines, but it is, uh, you know, for our bodies, our bodies really require that routine, and it really is beneficial when we can get into a routine around our sleep and around our eating and exercise. You know, just everything around lifestyle, is, it takes discipline. As we wrap this up on this Thursday morning, Wendy, any other tips for some good quality sleep? Uh, I'm thinking possibly that cup of coffee close to bedtime is a terrible idea. Yes. So for many people, caffeine is a, is a bad idea um, at any time of the day, but specifically before bed. So caffeine, alcohol and nicotine before bedtime are, are really not a good idea. We should also remove the television from our bedroom. Mm. Um, that you know, constant stimulus and the blue light and everything is not really good for good quality sleep. And we should we need to make sure that our rooms are nice and dark. Because if the room is not dark enough, the brain gets tricked into think, thinking it's morning. And so even a tiny little red light on your alarm or um, on a on a, a alarm clock, even mm. that can be too much light for you. So make sure that your room is nice and dark. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, we invested in some blockout curtains uh, for that very reason, um, particularly in the summer, you know, just to get the sleep that you need to get without being disturbed when your brain thinks, oh, it's time to go. So that's worked well. Um, thanks, Wendy. This is so essential. None of us can get away from sleeping. It's something we all have to do, something we all do. 
but we need to do it better. So thanks so much. If you want to check this out, maybe share it with someone who you know struggles and doesn't want to believe you that said, no, I always have a cup of coffee before or a nightcap, Wendy, before I go to bed. Yeah. Uh, it's a bad <laughs> idea. It's not going to help you to have good sleep. You can catch this uh, conversation with Wendy as a podcast. We'll make sure it's loaded up for you after the show on kpulpit.co.za. Wendy, thanks for your time and your expertise and uh, your effort. Appreciate it so much. Have a great Thursday. It's a pleasure. Have a great Thursday to you. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.